0: Episode 37.
1: Hey, this is Heather from Fortune Academy, and if you want to earn your fortune, you should be listening to build your network with my good friend Travis Chapel.
2: You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chapel.
0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving any level of success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, if you're listening to this, then there's a good chance that you're serious about building your network. If that's you, and only if you're serious, you should definitely check out my Facebook group, Build Your Network Beta. If you want more personal engagement, proven connection strategies and tactics, and some awesome giveaways like shopping sprees, beats, headphones, et cetera, et cetera, then head on over to byn.media forward slash FB to join the group, or you can search Facebook groups for build your network beta and join there. And once you do, please be sure to introduce yourself and say what's up and I will catch you there. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Hither Mann. Hither initially was an optician after she left university in 2003. She soon realized the trappings of a nine-to-five and immediately ventured out into property development where she built a multi-million pound portfolio by the age of 25 using no money down strategies that were rife prior to 2008. She then leveraged this portfolio into the world of financial trading. Hither learned how to trade one-on-one from one of the best traders in London since 2009 with whom she invested seven. 0.8 million pounds. Heather now realizes that formal education will never teach you anything about financial freedom and is on a mission to teach thousands of people since 2014 how to trade Forex like she had learned. Better still, she is awarding students with money to trade with when they show a positive track record. Heather is renowned for making Forex simple for any background to learn, especially if you haven't traded before. Current traders will learn some valuable new strategies that will help them in all their trading styles. Heather, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know that we have Uh, had a couple conflicting schedules in the past, but I'm super excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and expound on that intro a little bit and then tell us more about yourself.
1: Thank you, Travis. Amazing intro. Thank you. Uh, Well, yes, you've covered all the professional stuff. So back to the very beginning, I guess something they haven't heard is the fact that I actually grew up in Kenya and um, I then moved when I was nine years old. To my parents had a family-run business, which uh, I learned all my my endeavours from my parents and their mistakes. So bless them, they were trying their best, and they they failed in their business. And then they came to the, to England to where my uncle was living, and we we started from fresh, like complete start, absolute basic level. And from then on, I, I grew up in a very traditional family, so the ethics were very much education is key so you go to school you're going to get the top grades and you will be happy for life and it was a bit of a shock when i realized that that wasn't true so you know that that was my upbringing so i was just studious kid you know academic a grade kid just trying everything to make i thought that literally this is my way out i didn't have a very exciting childhood from, because it was just, all I knew was there was a lack of money and lack of money Mm. came with problems. So that was my driving force from the age of nine. When we moved to England, I knew that, you know, what to solve my problems for my family, I have to be super wealthy when I grow up. So I was dying to get out into the real world and, and make money, but it wasn't in the way I thought it would happen. Mm.
0: No kidding. No kidding. So, Mm -hmm. um, so you might say school failed you a little bit.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. I mean I, I I was the top you know, top A grades and everything and I hated school to be honest. Nobody likes reading mm. and learning and I, I I mean, not that kind of reading, different type of reading. You know, yeah, academic. no, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I was good at it, but I didn't like it. So uh school let me down because it not, never taught me anything about the real world. Like you you literally will fall flat on your face if you rely on just in my opinion just your education. Um, it doesn't teach you how to negotiate. It doesn't teach you networking, like something that you're passionately teaching people, which is fantastic, by the way. Uh, things like that, they don't teach you that. They teach you like how to add one plus one and, and then physics and, and history, which is great, but it actually doesn't make you wealthy if you are thrown in the middle of a, in the rat race. You, you literally have nowhere to do, you've got nowhere to go. So um, I learned everything when I left school.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that and that's the thing, though, that that's the thing that I was talking about. This with somebody the other day. And that's the thing that I think is one of the most crippling aspects of school is that you get taught to basically go to school for the first, you know, 13 and then into college, university, and then you're up into 17, 18, 19 years of your life. And then, um, and then all of a sudden, like, and then all of a sudden, your education is just supposed to stop. You know, that that's I think that's the biggest disconnect for people that go to school is that once they walk across that platform and get their diploma, it's like, all right, I'm done learning now. <laughs> and, and then and then you get into life and realize that, like all the stuff that you learn doesn't really apply to real life anyway, but you're out of the learning mode. So now you're faced with all these real life problems and it's just easier to shut down rather than continue to move forward. Um, but uh, but yeah, I completely, completely agree with you on that. <laughs> Um, so talk to us a little bit about your best investment advice. Heather. I know you're uh, pretty diversified several different asset classes. Where do you recommend starting and where do you recommend doubling down?
1: I think, okay, so investment for me is simple return on investment means how much money you're putting in and how much you're getting out. And the best ones are where you put nothing in at all, which sounds crazy, but it is possible. How do you do that? Well, first thing is you have to be good at knowing how to talk to people. Hence, this networking thing is super powerful. I was a very introverted kid. So let's just make that very clear. I wasn't that super excited, loud person at school. I was the one in the corner that wouldn't say a thing and was shy as hell. So this is for anyone who thinks, okay, to be good at networking, I've got to be extremely extrovert and I haven't got that skill. And it, you can do it regardless because it's simply a fact of how can you add value to the other party and how I was – to make a good investment, I'm literally finding how can I add value to this person and I, I can – uh, for example, I started in property, so I was negotiating. I was so good at negotiating, I found out how to get houses for very low prices because people were desperate to sell or had financial troubles, and I would fix a problem, and then I'd find somebody with the money, they'd bridge the finance, and then I would make the profits based on that. You know, So it was finding what you're good at, and resourcefulness.
0: Resourcefulness, yes. That's, that's exactly the word I was going to pull out of that, of that whole story. There's a, a couple of key lessons there, but the main one, I think, is resourcefulness and problem solving, looking at, looking at a situation and realizing that there's money to be made and then just figuring out how to do it. And you didn't have any money to start with, but then you realize that wholesaling real estate and becoming the middleman is probably a pretty good way to get started (laughs) because you don't have to have any capital. You find someone that has the capital, you find the deal, and then you make the two go together. And then you take the something that's in between that. And, um, that that's, that's fantastic. But anyway, go keep, keep, keep going, keep going. Sorry to interrupt.
1: So no, no, you're absolutely right. So what? So that's property. But if you had to do it with financial in the financial world, so how I did that, I had. If I had no money, let's. I mean, I came from property background before I went into financial, so I had a bit of money. But if I had nothing, what I would do again use the same skills. I'm good at negotiating, communicating, closing a deal. So I would find someone who can make somebody else's money grow really well. So rich people want to get richer. That's the simple truth about being wealthy. They know what makes money and they're happy to talk to people that will make them wealthy. So if you are going to start from nothing, then find the people who can add value to the, the rich person. I became a shareholder of a fund by doing this. I made lots of friends through networking, high net worth individuals. And then I introduced them to the trader in the city that I actually learned everything from. And he traded their money in that entry level money was 250,000 pounds. So soon it built up to multi million pound funds. I already, um, so this is if you had no money of your own, I already put some money in, but let's pretend I had nothing in. I would still do the same thing. I would introduce the rich people to the trader. The trader would say, okay, thank you very much because you've introduced so many millions. I'm going to give you X amount I I negotiated the deal beforehand. I said, if I bring 10 mil to the table, I want 30% of the fund. And I'll be honest, it still happens today. So anyone can do it. And you are making passive income from the trader doing all the hard work. You're the middle person. And you're making money because you've added value to the high net worth. Uh, they're happy. The trader's happy. He's got more money, commissions. I'm happy because I I agree that I will get a portion of what the trader makes. So everyone wins.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I love that you can I love in that situation that you can earn while you learn. And I think that's that's another shortcoming of, of school that and I, I, I didn't bring you on so the week of bash school. But um but I, I do think that's a shortcoming <laughs> of school is that you're paying to learn the whole time. You don't make money to learn. You pay to learn. And um what you were doing there was literally making money and learning from one of the best traders in London at the same time. So learning yes. a skill set that would benefit you in the future to be able to do your own trading and make your own money but at the same time earning money because you were the one that brokered the deal to begin with. And so many awesome takeaways from that. So um, let's go ahead and deep uh, d- dive deep into the networking aspect because I think it's really interesting um, how much you've already been talking about it. And I don't know if it's just because you're on my show and and you feel like that's what you should talking about. <laughs> no, it's but, actually uh, the
1: fundamentals of everything. I, mean, yeah. I knew you liked the networking aspect and I think it's amazing you you teach people that. But it's actually the basis on why I am successful, because it's who you know in this industry. I'm, I am don't claim to be a genius. I'm not some super clever trader or property investor. I'm good, but because of the people that's taught me. And I found that from networking. And it's, uh, so I didn't create it, you know, sitting in my house all alone. So that's the thing. The networking is super powerful. I literally know how to find opportunities from, okay, this person can create an opportunity here. But it's how you advance, Value. So networking is only good. You know, a lot of people think it's just take, take, take. And that's when networking can become very distasteful. It becomes almost annoying. People don't like you if you just want to take from them. I like people who network by saying, okay, how can I add value? They're adding value to my life. I'm adding value to their life. It's a mutual benefit going on. And that's where networking is super powerful. So that's all you got to do.
0: You're, you're literally answering all the questions I had for you, Heather. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> I was, I was about to ask you, do you believe what you know or who you know is more important? And you literally were just like, oh, it's who you know, it's who you know. And then my next question was um, talking about giving and taking and you just answered that question. So oh, right, <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> well, we're, on, we're on the right wave. That's good.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that, and just to piggyback on what you were saying, that is the I think, number one disconnect in in networking, quote-unquote networking, and I think that it causes a lot of people to be really timid about it because some people, I feel like they just, there's two extremes, right? There's there's the networker that you're talking about that's always trying to take, take, and take, and he's always got a thousand new business cards hot off the press in his back pocket to throw in your face and um, and ask for this and ask for that, and then he moves on to the next person without even hearing your name or what where you're from or anything like that, but then you also have the person that looks at that person and doesn't, want to be that person so much that they just don't network at all. So what is your advice to that person?
1: So they don't, they don't want to network because what they don't like,
0: they're afraid of being that annoying friend that nobody wants to talk to.
1: Well, it's very simple. Actually, it's about making building relationships. So for the annoying person, they're only annoying because they're not genuine. That's why they're annoying. So to be not annoying, it's actually just connecting to, your inner self are you just being like okay I, I genuinely am going to add value to this person or I'm going to find a way to help so a lot of people focus on the money they think okay how can I make money from this person that's the worst thing in the world I never focus on money and I, I don't remember the last time I have I know I will make money regardless it's easy to make money but what's more important is the relationship I'm building and the trust I'm building and the integrity so that's all you've got to go out there you know I mean, the reason I bought a car without looking at it for example is because because I trusted the guy that I deal with, who buys mine, sells my cars, etc. He is so good at building rapport, and he's these are the best communicators. If you want to do very high-end business or any kind of business, people go to who they like. Even if somebody else cuts them, um, say, say, I, I mean, obviously, uh, I, I'm talking to you. I build a rapport with you. I like you. When somebody else just comes five minutes of their time with me, and they're like, you know what, I can do better than Travis. I'll be like, no thanks. Maybe you do, but I like Travis. I'm going to, that's networking. That's when it's powerful and that's when it's not annoying rather than I can do everything. It's just integrity and, uh, yeah, gen, being authentic,
0: being authentic. Yeah. Building deep, genuine relationships with people that don't have any sort of like any, any sort of back end offer uh, to, to use some online marketing terms there. But there, there, there's no, there's no hidden agenda when, when you're going to connect with these people, you're just genuinely trying to build relationships. And like, I, I like that you brought in the money into it and said, and said, "It's not about the money; it's about the relationship, um, because I feel that a lot of people treat it like uh, cold calling. You know, like in person cold calling. They look at networking event like in person cold calling opportunity. Oh, look! And 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 I come from a I come from a door to door sales background, Heather. So I've I've been doing door to door sales for as long as That's I can remember. How- and, yeah. and 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 the, the the problem is people treat networking like it's door to door sales." Like They'll go up to every single person and treat it like a numbers game and, quote unquote, knock the door, talk to the person, give them a little spiel, and then they say no, they move on to the next one. And it's just not how you go about doing it. And like like I said, I'm a door-to-door salesman. So I, I think it has its place. Cold calling always has its place, but not in relationship building.
1: Yeah, you're right. No, but you know what? You're lucky because I think everyone should do something cold calling or canvassing. I did it myself. And that was how a quiet person can become taken out of their shell because to be very because I mean I was I was scared of rejection and the only thing that will destroy your confidence in, immediately is cold calling or door to door canvassing because that will be the quickest way you get over this rejection issue and once you pass that then you're you're very good at rapport building so I think actually it's an advantage you came from that because you know how not to feel a problem if someone doesn't want to talk to you because it's just like people may do that. But you're doing it in a different way this time. So you'll actually be a better networker if you've had that experience, in my opinion. I was better at negotiating deals because I used to sell mobile phone phones when I was 16. Um, you know, and just the stuff that the annoying salesperson, that was me. Um <laughs> <laughs> so but that built my confidence because I was not I didn't care that somebody walks past you and just hates you and right. you just shrug it off and smile and next person. And that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. network building is actually just a sophisticated different level, but with the basis of that, self-image is huge because the only reason people will be scared of networking to a very good level is because they don't think they're worth talking to themselves. I, I don't, I can't offer. I mean, I remember when I was really young, I used to think, Oh my God, I can't, offer that person that guy's way too big like, i'm nobody um that's a really bad image self-image you've created in your head so unless you re- destroy that and you're fully confident you've got everything to bring to the table nothing to lose that's when you become a good networker as well
0: yeah and and if i can add on to that what what you're just saying is something that I've found to be completely true with with uh, with this podcast. And it's funny that I'm I'm really introverted um, naturally, so I, I'm a natural introvert. Like like you were saying, I'm I'm not the person that is like always trying to be the center of attention. And like I would rather be by myself. When I go to a networking event, like I have to force myself to go out and talk to people. I I, I don't yeah. I, I naturally would rather just sit there and get on Facebook or like text a buddy uh, something yeah. funny. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like make yeah. fun of people in the room or something. <laughs> (laughs) like that, Um, that, that's my, yeah, exactly. That's my natural tendency to do that. And so I think it's, I think it's, I think it's funny that we're both kind of introverted, but we're both talking about how, how much cold calling and door to door and that kind of a thing helped us come out of that and build confidence because confidence has been very, very important for me to uh, get the quality of guests that I have on the show. I mean, even... Even talking to you right now, Heather, Like, I, I think probably one of the big reasons that that you're even talking to me right now is is some of the other guests that I was able to get on the show and their recognizable names, people that you've talked to, people like Patrick Pet david um, Yes, who, nice who, guy. Yeah. yeah, really, really awesome guy who I just kind of reached out to on an Instagram message one day. And I, I can tell you that I've probably reached out to 20 more people that are just as influential or more as, as, as Patrick is. And you know, a lot of them never said anything back to me. A lot of them, you know, said no. And a lot of them said, you know what, come back when you have a better following. Or, you know, a lot of people said no. And a lot of people didn't answer. But, like you're saying, when you have that, when you have that confidence, like it, it does, it just doesn't phase me anymore. It just is like, you know what? Um, all right, no worries. You know, uh, if I can help at all, let me know. I always try to offer something, uh, offer to give some value when somebody says no. Is, that, is there anybody I could introduce you, introduce you to, or is there any way that I can help you out, or anything like that? In the meantime, and then, you know, maybe in the future we can work something out. And you don't have to take it personally. Just realize that, like, okay, it's not going to work out right now, but in the future it might, and maybe I can add some value to you in the meantime. And um, and uh, I just I, I, love, I love so much about about what you're saying. It's just fantastic. If you if you had to boil it down to to one to one aspect, I know we've talked about a few different things here and there today. Uh, just one just one tip, like one takeaway that you would want somebody listening to this uh, to go home with about how to grow your inner circle the right way. What would that one tip be?
1: Before you enter any venue or networking or whatever group or even a meeting. Always know what you want before. Know the end goal before you enter. If you just head in, like just make conversation from no idea, then your your conversation is going to go all over the place. But if you have an end goal, I I'm going. Oh, my outcome from this conversation will be X Y Z. You will you will own that place.
0: Hmm. That is a very actionable tip, and actually yeah. one that I something that I've actually really been trying to work on recently is because I, I've I've been a I've been definitely that person that just kinda goes into a conversation just like, hey, whatever happens. And but then I started realizing that my follow-up on those conversations and like you were saying before, the actual relationship building comes from having something beforehand that you're going into that conversation with, something that you want to uh, capitalize on in that conversation, especially when you're talking to people of influence influencer, um, uh, somebody that you really, really want to get to know in in, in that regard. Um, <clears throat> Heather, th- throughout your career, I think I know the answer to this, but throughout your career, how important to you and to your success have mentorships and group mastermind settings and, and stuff like that been?
1: Oh, wow. Yes, you do know the answer to that, because I'm going to say it's huge. <laughs> <And> <laughs> mentors are are incredibly powerful people. I surround myself with mentors all the time. Even now, I upgrade them constantly, because depending on on your personality type and depending on how successful and how quickly you learn things and achieve things, you're going to have to keep stepping up. The mentorship. I, you're. Your, I mean, I've had so many coaches I work with, and eventually they've plateaued in what they can offer me, and then I go and step my game up. But that's great because it's constantly raising the bar, and I wouldn't be where I am without it. Because we all have a subconscious ceiling on our above our heads, and you can very easily get comfortable, and that's that's the dangerous part. And it's not, it's not unhealthy. A lot of people think that, okay, you can't constantly be striving for something and never be satisfied. Technically, you are never satisfied, but it's the process you are in love with. And that's, it's not a destination. It's just the constant growth that I love. So I'm always happy. So it's not that I'm unhappy and I want more. It's, I love growing and I love learning. And I can only do that when I'm surrounding myself with people that are better than me, people that are going to teach me something new and mentors that are, you know, have achieved it tenfold yeah. right. compared to me. So very important. Super important.
0: Super hypothetical here, but if you had not made some of those connections with um um with some of the mentors mentors that you've been able to spend time with, rub shoulders with, how far behind do you think you would be if you tried to just bootstrap it and do it on your own?
1: Oh my gosh. I think I would be still probably getting nervous nervous about a house purchase maybe my fourth house purchase and i have 158 so i did that by the age of 26 and um that's that was i'm 35 now so it's a long time ago um i would probably still be doing very amateur stuff very amateur. you know i i de- definitely don't believe in recreating the wheel yourself it's just Fetal. Fetal exercise.
0: And there's no reason to do it. (laughs) You know, like I think some people feel like if, you know, if they get help, then they didn't really do it for some reason. And it just doesn't make sense to me. And the reason I asked that question is because those are the kind of answers I like to get where it's just like, Oh, I don't even know, you know, like if I didn't meet the people that I met, if I didn't create relationships the way that I did, I, I have no idea where I would be at this point. Probably, probably working a nine to five or, you know what I mean? Like doing, like you said, doing really amateur stuff and not playing the big league that I'm doing right now. Like, With it being that important, with this idea of building relationships and networking being that important and that crucial to success, why do you think, Heather, personally, why do you think that so many people neglect to do it?
1: Networking. Just because they are conditioned. They they probably have a job. And then just think about the environment they're in. Not, the full eight hours at least of their day, they're sitting next to somebody who is going to tell them, oh, yeah, you know what life's all about. Let's go home, watch TV, go to the pub or go, um, you know, we, they do what everybody else, it's that mass herd mentality. It subconsciously takes over. You watch the news. I don't watch news. But it's negative. It, it stops you even wanting to step out of your house if you keep watching that stuff. So true. You know, and um, they're watching the same stuff. They're reading the same stuff, which is all rubbish. They're, they're, you know, they're probably reading tabloids. they their life and they boss. I mean, think about their boss is probably just is happy that they're not going to try and do something different. They're like the workforce for them or the company owner. So it's not often that they will be in the environment that the working environment is probably the most toxic one to growth. If you want to be an entrepreneur, that is Um, very little people will support you. Most people want to be in that comfort zone. Most people just, just want to fit in and the, the truth is to be successful you can't rely on fitting in because that's the number one reason you're going to fail because you've got to be different you have to do something different or, or you'll just you'll just be the, the same as you know generations gone past
0: do you think that's something that can be learned or do you think that's something that you're born with
1: the bad conditioning or
0: the ability to not be in the norm the ability to to let go of the security and go off and venture on to something that you really want to do
1: yeah, great question. Of course it can be learned because I learned it. I was very conditioned. I came from the environment where education was everything. You just do what your, your job and your career was life. You know, that was it. Um, I learned everything from networking and that opened my eyes and my whole, my whole world changed because I went to the first networking event ever. It was a property networking event in 2003. And I never looked back. I was addicted because the vibe was great. And I thought, oh my God, people actually think differently here. And it's so much more refreshing. I don't feel so trapped so 100 percent can be learned just like a dog can learn a trick you can learn and you're never too old i don't believe in that um you're never too young either which is something that most young people think they're too young and they i mean i almost felt too young when i started
0: i was gonna say so you you when when did you when did you have your your first transaction your your first property
1: 22 which is actually quite late because i went to university and um you know, so you finish at twenty one and twenty two. I I got four properties in the first transaction actually, but I did that at twenty two, and then I I was buying houses every week since then, and it was you know it was something I just thought, forget it. I'm not going to wait till I'm 30. I'm going to do it all now. Yeah. But I had subconscious feeling in my head that I, I did put a ceiling on my head at around 30. And I, I thought, okay, maybe I can't, I'm too young to be too this rich. But the reason I got over that is I stopped hanging out with people my age. And, yeah. um, I, I hung out with people that were in their 40s so 20 years older than me. Right. And even now my mentors are always way older than me. Um, because they've already like floated public companies or chairmans of a few public listed companies and you know they they've done it they make it sound easy which is what is all that's all you need you right. want someone to show you it's easy and then that fear is suddenly just is it goes whereas if you talk to someone younger than you or someone very un unex, unexperienced, then you're just going to they're going to tell you how difficult it is they'll tell you a million reasons why you shouldn't and you can't do it and 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 they'll just knock your confidence completely
0: oh my goodness that's so true when it just it, I, Jim Rohn just hit the nail on the head when he said that about, you know, the, you're, you're, you're going to be the, you're going to be the five people you hang out with the most. You know, like you're, you're the average of those five people and surrounding yourself with people who have already been and done, uh, already been to the places and done the things that you want to do, um, is, is just invaluable to, to making sure that you hit that next level and that you continue to grow and you continue to push yourself. And, um, that, that's incredible. So you went at 22, bought the first property. And then by the time you are 26, you did 150, you said?
1: Yeah. 156 I kept, but in between I was buying and selling, I probably oh, bought. And sold. Yeah, I kept 156. Um, and between that period I had probably bought and sold 400, um, and then I used to do auction. So from period of 2007, just before 2008, I was doing nine months of providing auctions, auction houses with properties, and we were doing 42 a month. So gosh, uh, I think it was nine months. I time do the math there. So that was wow. an extra, you know, but that was, I was getting, this is networking. I found someone from the banking industry that was, that had all the repossessed houses in your foreclosed house, you know, that's list of foreclosures. They were coming to me, and then I would have a two-week window whereby I could supply it to the auction house and nobody else knew about it. And then I would flip them like forty two every month. It was crazy. So wow. um yeah, I I literally didn't start. I was addicted to buying yeah. houses.
0: <laughs> that's, 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 that's awesome. That's awesome. I need, I need to get on your level now, Heather, you've inspired me. So, cause I, I believe, I believe my first property was on when I was 22. Well, technically it was like when I was like 18 or 19, but that was like a partnership with my parents and it wasn't really like me doing it by myself. You know, I definitely haven't been doing one a week since then. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so
1: it doesn't matter. I mean, you, it's just relative. It's not something you would want to compare yourself to. I mean, I never, I don't actually compare myself to anyone
0: yeah yeah of course i think that's
1: that's a very it's kind of dangerous doing that because that takes the locus of control out of yourself
0: comparison is a thief of joy yeah definitely
1: yeah you you've got to do it for you and um some you don't need to be I'm, a, I'm talking about general people now they don't need to be super wealthy if they don't want to be they just need to be able to live life on their terms i think that's the most important point so so just anything that will stop the excuses of I haven't got enough money or time or freedom, anything that stops that, you're, you're successful. It doesn't mean you need to have 156 properties. It doesn't mean you need to have companies listed on the stock exchange or it doesn't mean anything. That's a personal thing. It, it just means do what you feel that makes you like free financially free and emotionally free and do it for your family do it for do it for for you it has to be you first and then you're that better human being when you do it for everyone else so um you, you know life will take you on that journey itself when you get completely aligned with yourself and you're doing what you completely love it will never be difficult to raise the bar so that's um, probably another bit of advice i'd give someone
0: and so much good stuff, like I said, I could talk to you about investments for a lot longer, and uh definitely talked about networking for longer too. but um Thank gotta you. go ahead and move on to the last part of the show here, something I yeah. like to call the random round, which is just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Yes this is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt?
1: I wanted to be a race driver.
0: If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why?
1: Wow. Uh, Gosh, my God. First person that came to mind was uh, Michael Jackson because I used to be a super fan. (laughs) Uh, I, I actually just want to ask him a few, like, are you really that weird or are you just, just, you know, unique? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the guy's a legend. I, I've, I mean, he, he needed help. So that's probably why. I just, I'd, I'd like to psychoanalyze that guy. That's all. Yeah.
0: Nobody's meant to be that famous. I think that's the answer. <laughs> I think he was yeah, just.
1: Poor, poor man. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: How do you like to learn best? Books, blogs, podcasts, videos?
1: Um. Actually, visualization.
0: Visualize, so like getting in, doing it, like learning from a mentor type thing?
1: From just picturing it. And just like seeing myself doing that. And then obviously, I think all of them. I'm, I'm I'm, a bit of, I definitely read. I love reading. And I love doing as well. So I like to throw myself in the deep end.
0: What's one of your favorite books?
1: Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz.
0: Psycho-Cybernetics, you said?
1: Yeah, Psycho-Cybernetics.
0: Okay. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine.
1: Morning routine is waking up, going to, having no mobile phone access. Um, I normally have a morning walk which is in, I live in the country for a reason because it keeps me very like aligned and not so stressed out. Um, I, I have a healthy breakfast. I read and then I look at my mobile phone and emails and stuff. But it's usually a very strict, almost like a meditation state in the morning, but just chilled, very calm morning, get, get into peak state. That's That's the most important thing. And then I work out, obviously, after that.
0: What is your go-to pump-up song?
1: Oh, wow. God. Uh, oh, I know. Hans Zimmer, Rush. The yeah. theme to, to Rush, Hans Zimmer. That, that gets me in the zone. The guy's a legend. <laughs> yeah.
0: What are you not very good at?
1: Oh, admin, paperwork, anything that requires real attention, like, you know, the hard stuff in business. The <laughs> details, yeah. 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 I'm not into paperwork.
0: We definitely share that. We, we definitely share that.
1: <laughs> I love my staff for that. I can't live without them. So thank you.
0: <laughs> All right. So we get everything wrapped up here, Heather. What is one place where we'll be able to find you the most? Uh,
1: the gym. Or my my house definitely the most. Uh, other than that, the gym or the private members club near me, Soho Farmhouse, incredible place.
0: You spend a lot of time there.
1: Yeah, it's just the best place in the world. It's just uh, it's like the Hamptons in New York, but um, in America. So you've got it's like the Hamptons of England. It's just very chill. Like it's a beautiful place and it's scenic. It's got nice food, everything. The vibes great. Very very creative.
0: Alrighty, and then um, and then online, if uh, people could listen to the show, want to go go look at your stuff and figure out more about you, where would you like them to go?
1: FortuneAcademy.co.uk. So that would take them straight to the site where I have put together everything that I believe in, helps people become financially free, emotionally free. So everything that I I really believe in is in that company and that's what is the wealth platform wealth education platform that i've created
0: and uh and do you do you spend a lot of time on social media or
1: if only for work only business okay. uh, if it was for business it would not happen no um i think well i think everyone likes a bit of you know you it's nice to, you have to be careful what you follow on instagram and stuff like oh, that yeah, i don't yeah. i don't follow the trash but i have to use it religiously for my my um business because it's the place where people connect and I, people learn about what I do. I love that. I, I think it's great for connecting people. And th- if you reach out to the right influencers and you, and you're gaining positive influence from the people you follow on social media, then it's fantastic. But for the trash is horrendous. So I don't, uh, I don't do the trash on social media. I don't just do stuff idly on there. I mm. have a purpose for why I'm on the social media. Um, any,
0: are, are all of your social media links uh, found on your website?
1: yes uh if you go to my youtube yes there will be actually all of them
0: perfect so for all things heather just go over to fortuneacademy.co.uk and you can find anything uh there about her all social media links and youtube and all that good stuff will be on there heather thank you so much for coming on the show i had a blast i learned a ton from you
1: thank you travis really really grateful thank you for having me